episode 36 for June 2008. I am Brad Douglas, the webmaster of the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. We've got a fun 22-minute podcast for you today. One of our contributors to the site is writer Jason Marshall LaRouche. He reviews the Ultimate Spider-Man title for us month in and month out. And he had a chance to interview two influential Spider-Creators. He talked to artist Steve McNiven and Stuart Eminen. Now, McNiven penciled the recent Civil War miniseries, along with the first arc of Brand New Day in the Amazing Spider-Man title. And Stuart Eminen is the current penciler of the Ultimate Spider-Man title, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Now, the two artists were signing books at Jason's local comic book shop, and here's his interview with the fellows. Questions point to both you and for um, for Stewart. Okay, at what point in your life did you develop an interest in art? So far, yeah, I uh, developed oh, an yeah. interest in art pretty much for my whole life. My uh, uh, my mother was an art uh, teacher, so I'll probably do the, the parents too. Cool. Uh, did you read any comic books as a kid? If so, uh, which ones? Uh, a lot of Marvel comics, and actually Superman and Batman, and all that sort of stuff. The, the big two, really, the big yeah. two. And I and I mean that nice, the nicest yeah. possible way. Um, can you name your creative influences? Uh, Stuart Eminem, actually, pretty much. I've, I've ripped off just about every panel he's ever drawn. <laughs> Oh, no, uh, Gil Kane, uh, you know, uh, Frank Rosetta, I mean, just tons of different, you know, uh, John Singer Sargent, I mean, you can, you know, there's tons of different guys you can be influenced by, and not necessarily show up in your work, mm-hmm. except for the Stewart stuff, which I blatantly ripped off, panel by panel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, did you receive any formal education or training, or is most of your skill of self-taught? Um, most of the most of the drawing stuff self-taught, though. I did do uh, you know fine art training. I've, I've got a couple degrees of fine art, but it was mostly sculpture, you know. So it's uh, 3D stuff. Doesn't really doesn't really work too well in the 2D comic stuff. So. Okay. Um, okay. Were you like a Spider-Man fan prior to becoming an artist, or um, or? Oh yeah, always a Spider-Man fan. I was a Spider-Man fan since I was a kid. You know, uh, yeah. so yeah, it was, a, it was a blast to be able to do, you know, get onto Amazing Spider-Man, do a couple issues, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. If uh, Steve, you've been, you've been a part of some of Spider-Man's most highly profiled moves in the past year, from the Civil War unmasking. I love that panel, by the way. Um, yeah, and uh, to the opening arc in Brand New Day, both top points that have been met with mixed reactions. From a creative standpoint, do you feel the writing team has the decision to put this character? Back to basics is the correct way to go. I mean, where do you stand on the post? Uh, oh, and one more day axing of uh, the Peter and MJ relationship. Um, I think you know, with anything, uh, it, it opens up really good um, avenues for cool stories. So you know, it's all for it. So you don't feel it takes um, it takes the character out of the uh, the realm of the uh, like. Spider Man's always been the, the one Marvel character that's always been rooted in reality. The fact that he's like the every the hard luck guy. Um, he's like the most realistic of every of all the heroes. Um, but by d- isn't the Punisher more realistic though? Like, because the Punisher doesn't have any super. Punisher has no superpowers, right? He's like super powerless. So he's like the most realistic, I'd say. Because Spider Man really isn't the most realistic. So, I mean, he's bitten by a radioactive spider. Really radioactive yeah. stuff. No. That'd kill you. 
Well, or at least give me a bad rap. I don't think it was. You know. Well, in terms of like the the Peter Parker aspect of the character, I mean, his right. he gets his powers, but it doesn't improve his life. It makes it more complicated. He has. It's true. Yeah, you know, I think that they try to make that you know to get that good thing where you have like you know you think you have you know great powers, but with great powers come great responsibility. Great responsibility. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's an interesting aspect of Spider-Man's character. All right, okay. Um, so now, um, let me think. So now, Spider-Man's biggest theory, the everyman hero, the guy you'd be if you received the bite from the radioactive, or in Stewart's case, the genetically altered spider, um, because, of his, because of his feet of clay. Would you say that in spite of all the changes the character's gone through over the past two years in regular continuity, do you feel he's still relatable, or do you feel like uh, it's strayed a little bit away from the original uh, formula that Dicko and Lee created? I mean, I think he's always relatable, but I mean, it depends on who you're like who, who you're addressing this the question to, depending upon you know whether they've been reading the comic for 20 years or if they're just picking it up. You know, it's uh, it's you know, uh, it's something that would be best asked uh, the fans of the book and and the readers. You know, go and ask a reader that's been reading it for 20 years and ask a reader who's just picked it up this year, and you probably find a um, uh, difference of, uh, of opinion in terms of how the things are going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, lastly, um, what can we expect from you in the? Uh, are you have any other? What are your future projects? Um. Uh, the entire Civil War team, including uh, Mark Miller and uh, and uh, you know the, my anchor uh, Dexter Vines and Maury Hollowell, my colors, we're all getting together for an eight-issue run on Wolverine starting in June. So check it out; gonna be pretty cool. All right, great, Steve. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. Um, Okay, now. Yeah, okay. Just sucks you guys aren't doing any sketches because it brought my um, the Ultimate Spider-Man uh, 100s. Uh, there's like a blank page going to draw have you draw like a Spider-Man sketch on it. But if you're not doing it, then that's cool. I mean, it's okay. It's cool. All right then. Spider-Man. It's all Stewart's fault actually. I was prepared to sketch, but oh. What? Or no, and I was mindful, and and Stewart was going to sketch, and I said no. Okay, you just, you just saw me from uh, hitting the hitting Stuart the hard questions. Someone, someone came up to us and said, said sketching is not on. Yeah. yeah. I think well, they called us up late at night. And it was like one of those like phone calls. Well, regardless, well, regardless, well, regardless, well, regardless, regardless, who's at fault, it still sucks. But <laughs> what can you do? Okay, Stuart. Um, all right. At what points in your life did you develop an interest in art? I've always been interested in drawing, and uh, I've always been interested in reading comics. Uh, it took me a long, long time, though, for me to put those two things together uh, until I was well out of high school. I didn't really realize that I could actually make comics with uh, my drawing ability. Okay, um, did you read any, what comic books did you read when you were a kid? Uh, anything that was available. I mean, this was before there were comic book specialty stores. So, uh, uh, it was whatever I could get my hands on at the, you know, convenience shop or the, the drugstore, wherever. So it was Archie's and, uh, all the Harvey comics and, uh, Donald Duck, stuff like that. I got into superheroes probably when I was nine or ten. And that started with uh, with uh, Spider-Man and all the Marvel titles.
Okay. Um, did you receive any formal education, or is most of your skills self-taught? You can still get an assignment as you want. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, I, I went to York University for one year in their fine arts department, but uh, it wasn't for me. Um, and then, like I said, at that point, I really uh, had uh, no idea that I could actually uh, make a career out of comics. So um, it wasn't until after that short bit in university that I decided that I really wanted to make a go of it and uh, basically learned on the job. I worked for a lot of small publishers uh, and did some self-publishing and um, learned as I went. Okay. Um, now, Stuart, you painted you pencil a, sp a painted comic mini for DC's uh, Superman Secret Identity. When designing the characters of this project, did you reference any of the current media like uh, like Smallville or Brenner Ralph's uh, take on the character, or is this all like your your own take on it? Uh, well, first of all, it was it wasn't painted. It was pencil crayon black and white drawings with uh, Photoshop colors. So the colors were, uh, well, I guess what is now considered a traditional computer coloring. Um, as far as the character design goes, I I wasn't thinking of any of the uh, other media's in interpretations of the characters. I didn't reference any of the uh, the, the current actors or, or anybody who's played any of the characters from Superman, but I did use a lot of photo reference, so I gathered friends of mine and, uh, and you know, hired people to, uh, to act out the, the story. And uh, and I drew from that reference. Okay, um, when you were uh, reading comic books uh, as a kid, was Spider-Man one of them, or or was it uh, or not? Yo, oh, yeah, absolutely. I was. Uh, the funny thing was, I was really uh, into the Spider-Man TV show from the 1960s, and I hesitated at uh, buying any Spider-Man comics because I didn't think it would be as good as the TV cartoon. I know. <laughs> yeah, I got this in my start too. I just thought that was the best thing, uh, and then. When I started reading the, the comics, it was actually uh, Marvel Tales, which were reprints of the, the very early stories, uh, the Stanley and John Romita stories, and they were fantastic. And as soon as I started reading those, I got really interested in what was going on in the in the current run. And that was um, Ross Andrew was doing the art, and I thought he was uh, incredible, just uh, really inspiring um, for me to keep drawing. And also, I thought the stories were were really compelling. But like I said, in the those days, you couldn't really find uh, uh, comics in any kind of sequence. You just had to sort of run across them in, in uh, your local store, like a supermarket or something. And if you did, then you were lucky no matter what it was. So I got all the Spider-Mans I could get, but um, I hardly got any two in, in a run of, uh, of sequence. Okay, um, as for um, how did you get the job for um, Ultimate Spider-Man? Did you follow the book prior to, um, prior to the job? Or, or yeah, I was a I was a casual reader uh, of uh, of all the Marvel titles, but uh, but I'd you can you trying to get I um I'd worked on other uh, titles for the the Ultimate Office, so uh, I've been I've been doing Ultimate Fantastic Four and Ultimate X Men.
salesman for a couple of years prior to that, and uh, it just so happened that I was uh, looking for a new project after uh, I was finished with Next Wave with Warren Ellis. And at the same time, uh, Mark Bagley was uh, thinking of uh, leaving Ultimate Spider-Man and moving on to other things. So uh, the relationship was there between me and the editors already, and they knew what my work was like, and they knew what to expect. And that, uh, you know, hopefully they they liked the quality of the work, but also knew that I was uh, uh, dedicated to completing work on time, uh, which is an important thing to, to consider. Um, it was as simple as that. I, I'd worked with the same people uh, beforehand on other things, and they, they liked what I did. Um, now, I noticed that you're, you guys are including a lot of like the Ultimate X-Men into, uh, into the Spider-Man uh, storyline in the Ultimate version, uh, like Kitty Pryde and Rolling Mint on High, and uh, the Amazing Friends uh, kind of riff. Yeah, uh, how'd that come about, the really Amazing Friends thing? Uh, I really couldn't say. I mean, I don't have any say in the, in the uh, scripts at all, uh, which is not to say that... Uh, Brian doesn't invite uh, participation on my part, but I just don't have the, the time and energy to, to put into it. He's also working, you know, five to six issues uh, ahead of me on on scripts. So while I'm concentrating on one part of the story, he's he's well ahead in developing other parts that, frankly, would just confuse me if I was trying to think about about that part um, while I'm working on something else. So um, so the scripts are entirely um, Brian's. Uh, area of expertise and this is the, like the longest answer of I have no idea <laughs> okay here's an easy answer then uh, here's the answer using a question for your design of Liz Allen as Firestar um, what was in the back of your mind what was behind the uh, your your take on him her rather than uh, than be like a someone that dressed up as a uh, like in a yellow jumpsuit with a red wig or whatever right well again uh, it's all described in the in the script so uh, I was just following along uh, on what uh, Brian had asked for. And, you know, in the circumstances of the story, um, this is a girl on fire, and she, she doesn't have any kind of protective costume or anything. She's just an ordinary person. So uh, when she bursts into flames, all her all her clothes burn off. So she's just a naked person on fire. Uh, but there's also a sort of tradition uh, uh, regarding that uh, with other characters, particularly uh, the Frankie Ray Nova character from uh, the original Fantastic Four. So that was definitely an influence. Okay. Um, now, I directed this question to Steve, so I want your take. Spider-Man's been considered the Everyman hero, the guy you'd be if you if uh, you had gotten these abilities. The Vita Clay uh, scenario. Would you say that in spite of all the changes the character's gone through over the past two years in regular continuity, do you feel that that, um, that idiom, that formula still remains intact? I mean, the fact that he's uh, he's still the regular, regular guy with the with both superpowers, or um... oh sure, I, I absolutely do, and I think that applies to most of the Marvel characters, which is what separates them from from other superhero characters. Um, uh, now, as far as the, the, how it affects uh, you know the Ultimate Spider-Man storyline, I think we try really hard to to try and keep the original spirit of the of the stories uh, as they were first done um, intact and. Uh, uh, I, I think that you know that that human aspect is uh, really important to to uh, the definition of the, the character, but also to uh, separate these characters from uh, what would or otherwise be uh, run-of-the-mill material. Mm -hmm. 
He's not. Okay. I'm sorry. What was that? I didn't quite get that. What was that? What? What did you say? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, okay. Now, um, Stanley once said the villains, the villains are more difficult to create than and sustain than the heroes. Um, now, do you believe this is true? And if so, uh, why? I'm actually surprised to hear that. I don't think that's that's true at all. And I, I wouldn't have thought that that Stan Lee would have would have said that because uh, the the villains, um, for the most part, are where you can break out of the mold. You, you don't have to be tied to, uh, you know, morality or uh, making the right decision or, or making the characters sort of, uh, you know, embody that in their uh, physical appearance either. They can be uh, wild and, and, you know, unpredictable uh, in their looks and their uh, demeanor. Okay, um... Okay, as um, okay, as for um, do you feel okay? Let me think. Uh, what can we expect from you in terms of like how long do you plan on staying on Ultimate Spider-Man? Uh, well, I've got a contract that that uh, goes on for several years uh, from this point. Um, I can't discuss any details of it, obviously. But uh, the, I will say that uh, Brian is very happy with what I've been doing, and the uh, editorial staff at Marvel has been expressed that they've been very happy with what I'm doing. Um, so uh, as long as uh, those two camps are pleased with what uh, I'm producing, then I think I'll be on the book for a good long time to come. Um, so basically, um, they recently, uh, Bendis and Bagley, they broke um, Stan Lee's record with Jack Kirby right. for like, consecutive issues in one collaborative team. Um, and now you're, and now you're like following. Uh, really they're following this this jump with uh, with Brian. Um, it's sort of a little reminiscent of how Ditko left. Uh, Ditko left the original Spider-Man book, and John Romita jumped on. I mean, the era you uh, you, you are especially uh, a fan of. Um, do you really want to try and like do these do something similar to that? I mean, in terms of like that kind of accomplishment. Uh, I'm not really concerned with record breaking or or you know going as far as I can. I'm more concerned with the quality of work. Then, uh, you know, if it turns out that uh, I can only do uh, 11 out of 12 issues a year and keep the quality high, then that's my preference. Uh, I'll also say that, uh, you know, Mark's an incredible artist, very talented, and also extremely fast. And he was able to accomplish in uh, only seven years this Herculean task of uh, 110, 110 and a half issues. Uh, for me, it would probably take uh, closer to uh, you know 12 to 15 years to accomplish that same thing. Sorry, no problem. So uh, the factors are just not equal. <laughs> but I'll I'll, uh, I'll stick with the book as as uh, as long as people are enjoying the work. Okay. Um, so that's t- I guess you could say that's your um, big project next to, for the next couple of years then. Yeah. That's it's a side project. Yes. While I really concentrate on Avocado Man. <laughs> um, no, Spider-Man can be very busy. Avocado guy. Okay. Is the guy with the big mustache. Magnum P.I. Oh. He's got Tom a giant. He, Tom Selleck throws some mean avocados on him. I swear to God. He's, he's got like a, like a burden or a... It's a side project, so you never know. Stuart could have like a giant avocado farm. Avocado. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Avocados is where it's at. <laughs> 
It's a growth industry. Oh my god. Um, okay, now since you're both Spider-Man fans, I gotta ask, um, what was your favorite Spider-Man storyline when you were you were growing up I mean, in terms of the comic books? Uh, well, uh, the story that really turned the character around for me was the the origin of the Gibbon. Believe it or not, I don't remember the the issue number. I think I actually read it in Marvel Tales, so it was a reprint to begin with. Uh, and it was a it was a two part story, and I couldn't find the second part once I uh, bought the first one because I got it in a. Is that a Ramita? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in a Seven Eleven somewhere. It was. It blew my mind. I was so taken with this uh, character, character to begin with, who whose uh, character actually mirrored the Spider Man origin pretty closely. He was uh, picked on and uh, made fun of in school. I remember, and, I remember, I, I have one of those. And uh, he thought he was really going to turn it around by putting on the monkey suit and being Spider-Man's sidekick. And was crushed when Spider-Man rejected him. But Gibbons aren't that big. As far as I can tell, Gibbons are actually pretty small. He had the, had the, the, the general shape of... Uh, yeah, that's a silverback. <laughs> the mountain gorilla. Um, and then, you know, there was the kangaroo and the big wheel and rocket racer and um, all the classic villains. The, gri the grizzly as well. They yes. And Razorback. Villains here. Yeah. Wasn't it, didn't they form like something called the Legion of Losers later, later on? Down oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, believe it or not, it was the, it was the, the given, the introduction of the given. What would you see? I say the Clone Saga. The Clone Saga. Oh yeah. You want to wow. actually awesome. like yes. the Clone Saga? That was awesome. Yeah. Well, my brother was a fan of Ben Riley when I Spike because uh, he wanted that guy to be Spider-Man. Uh, actually, no. You know, I mean, in all honesty, the, the stuff that I really liked was with the um, those uh, tablets and the Kingpin and. I don't know, it's all these stories. Oh, Silvermane. Silvermane. Silver Silvermane yeah. story. That was you know, awesome. I had that book back in high school, but I lost it. Awesome. That was awesome. And it wouldn't have been 7-Eleven, uh, it would have been Max Milk, right? Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Prior to. Trying to keep them honest. Well, me, it was busy being. It was busy being. Yeah, but uh, I have my 7-Eleven around where I live, where I grew up. Uh, I still live there, but still, I got all those states now. And uh, but um, I don't. Know, for me personally, I liked. Um, I don't know. For me, the uh, I jumped on. My first Spider-Man book was actually when uh, Mary Jane revealed to Peter that he that she knew that he was Spider-Man. I mean, that one picture before the uh, the only costume revealed to be his symbiote. I, I gotta admit, my, my greatest admission here is that when I was doing The Amazing Spider-Man, they said, don't tell anyone you know about Harry Osborn. I'm like, what? What about Harry Osborn? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to talk. That's, that's what I wanted to say. I stopped reading when, when Ross Andrews stopped. Yeah, basically, me too. And then McFarlane, I, I saw, you know, I read a bit of McFarlane. And stuff, but uh, mostly for me it was, you know, Ross Andrew and Gil Kane and those guys. Were, they were my, uh, they were my spidey guys. Me, um, I grew up with McFarlane, Larson, and Bagley. But later on, I discovered um, Romata Senior, and um, and his stuff was like classic. I mean, Ross Andrews' figure drawing was all over the place, and his perspective was kind of awesome. Awesome. No, it's solid, solid. That's what I stopped by. I love Gil Kane and John Romata. Yeah, 
Alright, thanks very much, you guys. I appreciate the. Uh, I appreciate it. And a thanks to you, Jason, for doing that interview. Now, if you'd like to read Jason's reviews of the Ultimate Spider Man title, he posts them every month at thespidermancrawlspace.com. I'm the webmaster, Brad Douglas, and as always, thanks for listening.